0: Welcome to the back to me podcast where we help multicultural incoming freshmen women and men manage their entire college experience throughout post graduation to successfully transition into entrepreneurship and corporate workspaces as new hires. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Yoli Tamu. First-generation students are in abundance on many campuses, and it is important to use your college experience to help shape and develop the person you want to be. In this week's episode, Dr. Willie Banks, Vice Chancellor of Student Affairs at the University of California, Irvine, joins us to share his journey through college as a first-generation student. Find out how he overcame imposter syndrome and now helps students develop servant leadership skills that will empower them to pay it forward and help others explore their
1: capacity to lead as well. Enjoy.
0: Dr. Willie Banks, welcome.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It is an honor to share some space with you this afternoon. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for making some time because I know UVPs are busy,
1: you vice chair. Busy <laughs> it is a little crazy. We, we put out a lot of fires, juggling lots of balls. I'm sure. I appreciate you.
0: So, you know, on this podcast, we serve college students that are, you know, just dealing with transition and just being a freshman and just that new experience of what that's all about. And then even the graduate heading out into the workforce. So, both of them don't really want to say out loud that they have anxiety and they're nervous about transitions. And so I love to always open with you know people in your position and of your stature, you had a story probably similar. And so I wanted to get an idea of what inspired you to, to even pursue and help young people in this way.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for that question. And I think it's always important for folks to understand that you know, even with these folks with big fancy titles that we all started somewhere, we did not come into this world with fancy titles and it took a lot of work. And so for me, uh, you know, I'm a first-generation college student. When I went to college, it was the first time I'm the first one in my family to earn a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and then a PhD. So on a lot of fronts, you know, for me, I would say that I probably am speaking to a lot of your first gen folks and just letting them know that, you know, I understand their journey. And I also understand that it's a lot of hard work, but then also a lot of anxiety, a lot of imposter syndrome, and then a lot of trial and error, because you don't have a playbook to say, you know, you should do X, Y, and Z. And I think when I was in school, I did not have that playbook. And, you know, I think my students nowadays would be probably shocked and they don't believe me when I say I didn't have the internet. So it's not like I could just Google, you know, what is it like to be a first generation college student and actually how do you survive? I grew up in the South. I am a biracial student. My mother is from Thailand. My father was a Black man that grew up in South Georgia and they met when my dad was in the service. And so when he retired from the Air Force after 26 years, he wanted to move back to where his family grew up and that was in South Georgia. And so I grew up in South Georgia with my brother, my older sister, my younger brother, my mom and dad. And I, quickly knew that I was not cut out to be anyone dealing with any sort of farming or agricultural Mm. (laughs) in South Georgia. And my father was very quick to say, son, if you don't want to do this type of work, then you're really going to have to focus on your education and you need to really look at education as your vehicle to do other things. So if you don't want to be working in the fields and you want to be the person either owning the land or, you know, working in the front office, you're going to need to really focus on your education. And so That was very clear, very on that for me, college was going to be really the vehicle for me to really leave South Georgia and really explore the world. My dad, you know, traveled all over the world out of his 26 years in the service. He spent 20 years of those 26 in different stations across the world. So his worldview was so much more broad than I could even envision. And so he and my mother were really the ones that really pushed me to think about. What is college? And, you know, thinking about going in and just learning and just trying to figure out who you are as a person. And so when I went to college at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia, a small private liberal arts institution, for me, it was life changing. I was able to find myself. I was able to discover a community of like minded individuals who were there for college and wanted to learn about all sorts of things. And in the great tradition of liberal arts, you know, learn about a bunch of different things and really try to figure out who you are as a person and as a leader. And I was involved in a million different things in college. I still went to class. I always try to remind people going to class is important because, you know, there was not a major in just being involved in student organizations. And so for me, I was involved in everything from orientation to student government, to the programming board. I gave tours on campus. I worked in the student center at the information desk. I was hustling because I also knew that my parents did not have the means to send me to college. So I needed to make, if I wanted to do anything extracurricular, I needed to work. So, in addition to being a first generation college student, I also had to work and I needed to support myself. And back in the day, my parents would probably send me $20 that, you know, maybe once every two or three months. And I thought that was just gold, you know, because if you're coming from environments where you don't have trust funds and you just don't have lots of money and income, you really do have to figure out how do I survive and do college. And so that's what I was doing. And so that is what pushed me. And I had some great mentors and they told me that I should consider going into student affairs. And I realized that was a career. And once I figured that out. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this because I get to stay in the college. I get to work on a college campus. And that really started my career within student affairs is that I really loved being on a college campus. I love the energy. I love the environment. I love the learning and that you get to meet so many different types of people and you really do get exposed to so many different ideas, people, ideologies. You just learn about so many different things and depending on your institution, You know, the people that they bring in to do lectures and to speak on campus and to teach, I mean, you are really learning so much. And so it was life changing for me. And I'm always appreciative of my experience at Mercer because that's what really pushed me into student affairs. And really, I think a very happy and long, almost 30 years in higher education.
0: Hmm. I love what you said. I love when you talk about your parents, and, and that's what we talked about before, and just yeah. how you had this strong upbringing and you kind of knew that it was important to work. It wasn't like you sat around and was like, oh, my God, do I really have to? I'm just going to go to school. Isn't that enough? You know, No, you knew yeah. <laughs> you needed to yeah. help support the family. That's, that's some great upbringing right there.
1: I would say yeah, that. well, it also, I think it sets you up to also help you understand, help uh, as an individual to, if you have to work and you have to hustle and you realize if you know, a lot of us, we don't have the money that some people have. And so the reality is, is that that's the only thing we know how to do is just to work and go hustle. And if you're faced with a barrier, well, let me figure out how to get around that barrier. And I think that in a lot of ways is really the the work of a lot of first gen folks is that you're always trying to figure out how do I go around this barrier? Is this really the the closed door? Is it really closed? Or is there a key to open it? Or is there a way for me to go around the door? So you're always trying to figure out and try to hustle and try to figure out what are my other ways to achieve my goal. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. And that takes tenacity and drive to even want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It takes a lot because we're dealing with the generation of students that you know, we're just in a different time. We have some students that are highly motivated and then we have some that live in a state of depression and convenience. (laughs) So you kind of run into those issues. So I'm, I'm just glad to hear your story. So now when we talked about student leadership before also, I noticed that that seemed to be a specialty for you. And so I'm just wondering, what does that look like on campus and how do you involve yourself? How
1: do you promote student leadership? Yeah, well, here's the interesting thing. And this is my take on leadership. I think that everyone has the opportunity. And if you can, find those opportunities to develop your leadership skills, to become a better public speaker, but then also how to lead people and also how to talk about a vision and what things are are going to be better or how to make things better. But I also think it's, you know, being a leader is not about me individually. It's about what good you can do for the greater good. It's about being a servant leader. And I think that's what's really important. And sometimes, especially in this day and age, you know, our national figures don't talk about that in a really meaningful way. It's all about me, 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 or money, 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 and not so much about why am I in this position and what good do I want to do for a greater population? And I think that's what's really important about student leadership is that, I really, when I talk with students is really trying to impart the piece about don't think about yourself. Don't make this so egocentric that it's about you and the position and what you're going to gain from it. But what can you do to help others explore their leadership capacity and what they can give to the community as well? The other piece that I will say about student leadership is that you know, the reality is, is that our students are learning great things in the classroom. You've got great, great, great experience and you're learning things in the classroom. You're learning about a specific content area. But when you think about employers and once you finish your college degree, who's gonna hire you? Or even if you decide to go to graduate school, you're gonna be placed in another situation with another group of random people. And for employers, what they're looking for are individuals who can one understand diversity and work with diverse workforces but then also communicate critically have critical thinking skills and also de-escalate situations bring value to the work environment those are all important leadership skills and i think that's what you learn especially within our world of student affairs that's what you gain from being an ra that's what you get from being involved in a student organization working with student government or even having a student worker position, you're gaining those skills and those opportunities to develop yourself. And then also it complements all of the work that you're learning and all the information you're learning within the classroom. And so I really do feel the work of student affairs is really supporting the academic mission of the institution, but also drawing those parallels and those connections from what you're learning in the classroom and then applying it to a real world setting. And I think that's what's really important. But going back to that piece about employers, Here's the thing, you can have the most brilliant physicist, chemist, you know, person who knows, you know, 18th century English literature and specializes in, you know, a, a specific author. But here's what employers are looking for. Can you communicate? Can you get along with people? Can you lead people? Can you listen? Can you read? Can you write? Those are types of things that you cannot learn if you're not out there interacting with people. So, while it is so important to have that content, the other pieces you cannot discount, and that's where student leadership is so important, is because you get those experiences if you're the treasurer of the student government or if you're the president of your sorority or your fraternity. You get those experiences as far as leading groups and working with diverse populations and different ideas and trying to get everybody to agree on one issue and, and moving the agenda forward. So, That's what we do here at UCI is really talk about the importance and really trying to make sure students understand we want you involved in these student organizations. But the payoff is also when you're in the position, but then also when you graduate and you go into these positions and you're trying to find positions and you're trying to move up the corporate ladder or just do work. You've got to have people who understand what it's like to work with other people.
0: Mm, I'm so glad you emphasize that. It's like really the life skills of it all. You have to walk in with the life skills. And social emotional learning is becoming more popular on college campuses. And it encompasses everything you just said. You know, are you self-aware? Can you have great relationship skills? So I love that you emphasize that. And it's my understanding that employers are looking for SEL skills. They're becoming popular at SEL, you know? yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. And it kind of segues into mental health. You know, if they do incorporate those life skills, you show up more confident, don't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to have a better sense of self. But yeah, I think here's the other thing: is that even if people don't talk about it, everyone struggles with something. Anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome, we're all dealing with something because. You know, the world is, you know, our students would say it's a dumpster fire. Things are happening all the time. And so there's a lot of information coming at you. And I think, you know, I look back on my college career, which was in the late 80s and early 90s compared to what our students are doing now. And our students are bombarded with more messaging, more news, more information than I ever, like I couldn't even imagine being a college student now. Back in my day, you know, we had the newspaper and you watched the news on the TV and you didn't get information like instantaneous. You know, we could pull up our phones right now and find out what's going on across the world. And back in my day, you didn't have that. So in a lot of ways, you were really focused on what was happening right then and there. I say all of that to say, if you take all the information in and you're not processing it, you're not talking about it, you're not dealing with it, you can internalize a lot of those things and really get into a bad space. Mm -hmm. I am very thankful that this generation of students are, one, comfortable talking about mental health, that two, that they're going to seek out those resources, and they are not afraid, and it's not a deficiency. And I think it's fantastic that our students are approaching it in the way of saying, you know, these are my triggers. This is what I need to be successful and I wanna balance. And so I think that's so important. I think it's also important for, as a first-generation graduate, to say to other first-gen folks, You don't have to have it all together all the time. You know, you've got to find those outlets and you really have to have a good balance of who to talk to and to find those individuals and people that can help process your feelings and just to let them know that you are not alone. And I think that's what's important. But we have seen a rise in, you know, mental health cases on campus. And sometimes it's due to family pressure and the pressure for families to succeed. And, you know, a lot of first gen folks are not going to be surprised when I say you know, for first generation families, they think that you need to be a, a lawyer or a doctor right? and or an engineer and anything else. You're just like, well, what's that?
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. yeah. But the reality is, is that there's so many meaningful careers beyond just doctor, lawyer, engineer. And so, you know, a lot of this pressure that we put on our students is unfortunate because, you know, sometimes I wanted to say and I can't do this, but, you know, tell your parents it's OK if you want to become an artist. As long as you're happy and you are happy and you're doing good in the world, at the end of the day, that's what we should want. But sometimes we get into that mindset that success is the high-powered job, fancy title, and making tons of money. And you know, what is this, The money? more money, more problems. And that's the truth. You know, even the richest people in the world have just as many problems as we do. Maybe. You know, exactly, just at a different level. So I'm saying all these things to talk about mental health to say. It's out there. You have to go out there. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. Get the resources that you need. And I think for most institutions, they have a very, you know, I won't say robust, but there is a counseling center somewhere on your campus that will help you.
0: Mm, So good. So good.
1: See? When you talked about the artist, yes,
0: yes, yes. Because <laughs> we definitely experience mental therapy on the stage for your yeah. Pleasure, you know, Our vulnerability is for your pleasure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic.
0: I love this. So I always like to wrap up with final words of encouragement and um, just thinking about young listeners that are, you know, still seeking to build their confidence and, you know, just even mastering their, their authenticity, their authentic voice you know, as young enterprising people. Do you have some words of encouragement as we head on out?
1: Yeah, you know, find your tribe. Find your people that you can love on, that will love on you, but that will also keep you grounded. I have a group of friends that I've known for almost 25, 30 years And they continue to keep me grounded. They continue to be my biggest supporters. They also provide the levity that I need, but then also the real talk when I need it. And I think that's what's important. I also think that, you know, set goals that are are attainable and then also don't be so hard on yourself. I think that's important. I think there's always the pressure that I have to be perfect. I have to succeed. You're going to make mistakes. Learn from those mistakes and pick yourself up and keep moving on. The other thing that I will say, other piece of advice, There's a lot of noise and chatter on social media out there in the world. Do not, do not let some random person who you have never met or interacted with who put something on X or Instagram and saying something about you, your parents or anything. Don't let them distract you. That's all distraction and noise. They don't know who you are. Hmm. And I'll also say, get off social media all the time. That part. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so now I
1: sound like some boomer, like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm Jet X. i am not i
0: am X. Boomers, I love it. I love, we're telling the truth. They need to take a break, a rest.
1: I know. I know. Yeah. It's good to find things, but do not seek validation from social media.
0: Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Find your tribe. I love this. This has been an honor. Such a pleasure. So if they want to reach out to you or even your department or just reach you, reach out to you on LinkedIn, is there some place you'd like to send them a website maybe or even LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll put it in the chat so you can post it, but also studentaffairs.uci.edu or on, on Instagram. And I should know my handle, even though I just said get off of the, the social media. <laughs> <That's right>. but, <laughs>
0: We'll send them to LinkedIn. How about that?
1: Okay. Yeah. And LinkedIn is Willie Banks. So I'm the vice chancellor for student affairs. There you you can find me there.
0: Okay. I appreciate your time. Thank you for being with us. Absolutely. (laughs) So great. All right. You take care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Bye Bye. Thank you for joining us. So as you embark on your college journey, discover who you are and who best suits your tribe. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me podcast, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to learn more about other special events, join the Back to Me podcast Facebook group or simply text BACK TO ME to 833-206-4565. Until next time, be well.